This is the downside with Jamarcus Horezi. Uh, this is being released in the new year. This is our second episode wow. of the new year. Hey, hey. Um, welcome. I, I, I am here uh, with my uh, fill-in co-host, uh, a musician, comedian, oh. musical theater star. Oh, That's my public, God. right? That's public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Public. The, the lead. <laughs> is this under wraps? It's a, they say it's okay to yeah, yeah, no they, NDAs. They okay. The lead of the wedding singer. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's I'm wearing the wedding singer at the Gateway Playhouse in Long Island, Bellport, Long Island. Very nice. Uh, I'm gonna plug it at the end of the show, but not now. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I do need to say that uh, again. Thank you for listening. Uh, despite this this uh, garbled intro, this is a new year. We're growing. We got a live episode. We have a live episode January 15th at 10 p.m. It's late for a Sunday, but it's worth it because we have a, a guest, Aaliyah Janine, Ooh. Uh, uh, who is uh, a, a former. She's she's a fantastic comedian now, but she worked in the adult entertainment industry. Oh, wow. So you already know her. I and, sure do. And she's going to talk to us about working in that industry and then leaving that industry. Especially as as a woman, it's very yeah. challenging. The society and judgment, and everyone was jerking to you, and now they don't want to hire you for the job. That's bullshit. Yeah, and it's a good episode for the downside. I imagine it'd be a lot like leaving a cult, honestly. Leaving, oh, yes, leaving a cult. Sure, you know, like you, probably there are people that you don't talk to anymore. There are probably people that shun you, you know, on both sides of the, um, you know, whether you're in the industry or or not in it. Yeah. I'm excited. That, I'm excited to watch. I'll be there watching. You'll be there watching. Yes. And uh, a good. You're our first ticket sale. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, and then for all the live episodes, you get to to watch and listen to it if you join the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/downside. But enough, enough, enough of that. Enough of that. Truly. Uh, uh, we're here uh, with with a guest. Uh, we we met in a scene study class. Like uh, maybe, uh, maybe eight years ago or more. Yes. Yeah. Well, wow. Fuck, time Which I had no idea it had been that long until I like realized I haven't paid that bill in a very long time. Please welcome, welcome to the show, Zach Miko. Everybody, how are you doing, Zach? I'm doing good. How well, are you what's, guys doing? What's your What's your hyphens? You like to say you a model first. A model. I guess a model is what pays me the most. So I guess I'm that's a model. That's what we're going by here. So and that's the first in the hyphen. Tell something, something, something sad to kick off this music. Yeah, something make that's it bothering sad. You. What's What's What sucks? Um, the Lower East Side right now. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I know that's really hard. No, it's I worked here for years and I didn't recognize a single thing when I got here. Um, the saddest, like all my piss spots were gone, and I like you know just in like an hour drive. So I was like, kind of, kind of nervous, but I found one. Hair of the dog still exists. So this is the downside. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the downside. The downside with John Marco Cerezi. Thank you for listening. That was uh, that was Douglas Goodhart, who you just heard earlier. Oh yeah. Uh, That's a very nice uh, song, yes, we're upgrading everything but the song. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, one day, one day when there's enough money, I'm gonna come to you and say, let's get a, let's get like a full band, let's do. Oh a, my god, a that'd be so much session. fun. Yeah. Let's come up with the the track for Spotify. Yeah, like with real professional musicians playing my shitty, my <laughs> shitty bass parts and stuff. Violin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Call <laughs> a cymbal at the end. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Zach, we'll, we'll we'll get to your your downsides in a yeah. second. I want to come. I want to uh, something that's been on my mind that I've been thinking about. This is gonna date the episode a little bit. Okay. Okay. Slightly. Okay, okay. Uh, it's just been on my mind as a downside. Where, so, uh, was it? Uh, who, who, who's, who's the, the 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 misogynistic guy? Andrew Tate. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Andrew Tate. Yeah. So he, uh, I feel like this feeds into what we're going to be talking about here. But Andrew Tate, uh, you know, tweeted. He's back on Twitter. Tweeted oh, something boy. to at Greta Thunberg. 
Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, wow. That's his all, first tweet out the gate. It's just like, God, every, every person in this, we don't. Of all but, the people that tweet. But tweeted at her, uh, all, all the cars that he drives and, and the emissions. Oh, my God. Uh, and like, I'll send you a full list of all the cars and the emissions. Oh. So Greta Thunberg, uh, uh, you know, quote tweeted it. She's very savvy with social media. Whenever, whenever people are that good at social media, I'm like, is this a team? Is this just you and you're incredible? But whatever. So she kind of quote tweeted like, oh, thank you for telling me about all this car stuff. Uh, why don't you tell me uh, more of it? You can email it to me at smalldickenergy at getalife.com. Very viral. Yeah. Lots of things. Wow. But here's my thing. And I don't, I'm not calling you out on this, but some men do have small dicks. Sure. And uh, there's a degree where the burn is great. Great burn. And you got to play it cool. Like, you know, you don't want to be a nerd. But I, there are always moments, and we're talking, I think we're going to be talking about bodies and body shaming and, and, sure. and love and acceptance and, and all these things. And fake dicks and, dicks and, dicks and, and fake dicks. Stuff. Where you just can't help but go, good burn, but there are this kind of thing that all bad men have small dicks yeah. is not... Is not good. I thought yeah. my boyfriend was nice until I saw his dick, and I, he must be such a piece but of a shit. A monster. And <laughs> just you, his karmatic yeah, dick. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And you, you gotta imagine if you have a small dick, you're like, well, then I'm just gonna lean into this. What's the point of being nice with a small dick? Truly. And and maybe these guys, maybe Andrew has a big fat cock. We don't know. Yeah. To to make any association between body and behavior ultimately cannot be good at the end of the day. <laughs> no. And in a world where we espouse body positivity, there's there's just moments where you go, oh, are we all lying? When Chris Christie does something wrong and then everyone goes, open the floodgates of body shaming Chris uh, yeah. Christie, there's a feeling of, well, I guess we, we didn't mean this. Hmm. Or we were thinking these things, and the moment someone politically disagrees, we're, it's, it's a tricky area. Yeah. It really is. Because you're not going to stop people from making fun of people's appearances. No, it's funny. I mean, some people look funny. It always will. Um, the, the, I, I have noticed more, especially that I'm in this. But for, for anyone who has no idea who I am right I now. I should bring this uh, up. My when name, they see on the tape, they're going to sure. see... Oh, how, it's undeniable. How I am. It's Absolutely. undeniable. Uh, no, um, uh, I'm for for all intensive purposes. I was the first mainstream plus size male model ever. Um, there, I'm, I, I guarantee you, other plus size men have been photographed, but I was the only one with an agent in campaigns and stuff. Yeah, so okay. that's why I get like the first title. Um, wow. And in doing so, my whole If you're life, just listening, he's wearing a shirt that says it. His jacket yeah, yeah. says yeah, it. His yeah. shoes say number one. I have one. a vanity number plate one. on my yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very large truck for my very large penis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, no, I, I. so my life has just become about that. And I think I didn't realize. I think it's like, especially calling someone fat and whatnot. It is such a back pocket. Like you're th from the moment you're three years old, you're like, that's oh, an insult. Yeah. that's going to upset people. Yeah. I know how to do that. So especially when you don't like people, you always want to go at them. And it wasn't until I started doing this I realized how lazy it was. Like I remember uh, watching a Bill Maher segment before I totally stopped watching Bill Maher. But good for you, good for you. <laughs> people he, still do. People still I watch do. him people every do. single day. He I watch is, all the reruns. He is so old and sad, and it is oh, just man. like. But regular people do like like not like I was just with like people who aren't in the arts. Yeah, and sure. we were we were in a long car ride, and they were like, "Hey, you you want to you mind if I put on some Bill Maher?" And oh. I was in shock. What? I was in shock. I was in shock. 
That is wild. I think it's because I, I, I really got into him in like the while, while Trump was running the first time because I was just like, oh, he's really good at cutting people I don't like sure, down. This sure. is fun. Yeah. Well, that's and, what's tough about him is that he kind of aligns. He, he, and then he used takes, to be like. And then takes some real curves. He's like, yeah. I'm a liberal hero. I donated yeah. a million dollars to these causes and all this stuff. And Atheist? all of a sudden he becomes like an old Facebook dad. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The march of time, it takes, it takes them all down. I just think about. Totally. What, will I be able to see it when I do it? Oh, will yeah. I be able to notice when I'm like when you cross the line? These, these kids, they're oh, so yeah. lazy these days. Like, will I be able to catch myself? My daughter's three years old, and I'm already like, what is she gonna think I'm a bigot about? I like, think we're sure. all gonna be it bigots gonna about be. AIs. I think AIs are gonna be considered people, and we're gonna no, be like, and we're gonna, no, and no. we're gonna be the old people being like, that is not a person. I totally that is agree. Not a person, and they're gonna be like, Dad, you're such a racist. Honestly, I did a I, whole episode of like my defunct podcast about this, where I was like, she's gonna, she's gonna bring home like a cyborg partner and i'm gonna be yes. like this is unnatural yeah, yeah, yeah. And gonna you be are. Like, yeah and i'm gonna look so i don't think bad. it's gonna map entirely race like the exact same race it's not gonna be the exact <laughs> same thing race. Not you're not gonna be like that ai is very well spoken <laughs> oh god <laughs> wow i what think he's upgrade. a well-spoken ai oh man i remember bill maher did a the segment though when he was like going after trump and his whole thing was like he's a terrible person he's a racist a misogynist he's sexually assaulted people he's the worst human being imaginable um and most of all he's fat and then he did a monologue oh. about just trump being fat and i was like what this is i don't give a sh i know so many nice lazy it's so lazy and it's like you've yeah. been a professional comedian for i don't know 40 years and yeah, you're yeah. still and you're like, once a week you got some time to week. build this and up. you have a writing you're the team tonight show okay Fat jokes every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, we yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah, a writing yeah, yeah. team. <laughs> you got an HBO budget. There's so many good jokes. Like especially someone like Trump. Are like this is endless material. But there's something about us that like reverts back to like let's call him fat. He's but, not gonna like that. But like people, even even people who I promise would be sharing body positivity things. There's that picture of him golfing. There's like one shot mm. of him golfing, and you oh, see yeah. his big white ass and like you can't help but see it and go like that's a big white ass it is yeah. and, it, and like and there's a degree where it's like well he's very judgy about people's looks oh yeah so it does feel like well you've entered the arena i think that's where it comes from i think I, people like they they say he's been shaming people he calls people but ugly if you look and like that there there has to be a part of you in your brain where you're like oh People judge me for looking like this. Oh, yeah. They just don't say it to me, but they say it to him, but they're admitting they have the thought. I think it's when, when you really hate somebody. You really want to hit them where you know it's going to cause them actual pain. And I think that's like, especially like with the small dick thing, every guy is worried from the moment he was born that his dick is too small. Oh my just God. because we have sure. no idea. I could talk I about know. this a And lot. that's just like, I just wish my father, <laughs> I just wish my father had sat me down. And like the, the first moment when he noticed that I was watching porn, like when they caught me, they found like a videotape my in the VCR upstairs. I wish my dad. Wait, wait, I think we, we just addressed our age differential right here with the VHS. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, 1984. I was born in 1984. <laughs> my, my first was a VHS as well. Yeah. So, so um, I just wish my dad had been like, by the way. Like dicks don't all look like that. Yes. That's yeah. that's the that's the exception, not the rule. And maybe don't be so like don't be so worried about it. That's what I wish. My I remember dad the had first said. time I ever saw. And uncircumcised penis was also the first time I ever watched porn. Oh wow! And I was so mad about how much they had taken off. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I I remember especially for me I will the, the the aspect of the penis I remember was like 
the like the bottom part was it was like a whole other like bicep like it was that's it was just like a whole it was, it was oh the, the it was like an extra a, muscle a, yeah it was like an extra exactly. muscle and I was like and you know you're when you're 14 you have high hopes yeah sure you have high hopes sure 15 must be when that thing comes oh, in oh man and uh, you spent all high school going it gets bigger I know it does it's gonna keep going yeah but, I only came to term I was nervous about it I I would measure it with a dollar bill. And I think I'm like I think I'm I'm like bill. totally average, yeah. and I think the reason I think that is because I knew a couple breaks up, breakups in high school, where like the girl would go around and be like he has a small penis, really. And there's been enough women who, uh, you know, who I've wronged, mm. who if that was like if that was the card they they were gonna play they oh, would have yeah. played it. Oh, they never played it on you. They never You're played saying, it on me. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, said, yeah, you yeah. know what? It must be fine enough. Fine yeah. enough. There was a video I saw recently where some guy was just going around being like, what do you think is the average penis size to a bunch of women? And they're like, yeah, six, seven, eight inches. And then he's like, okay, show me what you think six inches is. And they'd like take up their fingers. They'd be like, this is six inches? And all the guys <laughs> in the comments are like, oh, thank God. Oh, my God. They have God. no idea. <laughs> that's like, so that's amazing. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard to. They should use the metric system. In, they should. They really should. It'd be more. Yeah, like you can hit double digits. Yeah, yeah. Centimeters. Double yeah, yeah. digits. Double, yeah, yeah. double, double digits, baby. <laughs> My sex ed class in high school, it was the gym teacher, and she was a uh, lesbian. Okay. And she told us she was a gold star lesbian, which is a term that most people don't say anymore, or it's considered like, yeah, what you, is know, that? You, you know what it means? I don't know what it means. That means that still... she's never fucked a guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gold and star. There, it's, it's considered, it's like elite. It's very still it's in elite. the binary. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Like, yeah, it's you're good for them. Better that's great. No, yeah. I mean. Yeah. So she, I remember she told us, this is how the order she told us. She said, guys, size does not matter. Now I should say with a caveat that I am a gold star lesbian, <laughs> so I have no no information. It matters very matter. much no to her. Reference to it, but like there's a degree where like it doesn't matter, but then it seems to matter. I don't know. Everyone's yeah. different, and then you hear the term "size queen." Let's ask the woman in the room. <laughs> I know. Listen, <laughs> I I've, not a I've, single one. Well, you hear? Well, you hear? Oh, when it's big, it, it hurts, and you go, "Sure, okay, okay well, this it hurts me." That it's sure. Not. I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's credible because I've been on a sketch team with Douglas and Russell and, and another guy named Chris. And there's a part of me where I'm like, I don't know if we had to match. If you oh give me God. four sizes, four sizes, even yeah. in my own, I don't think I would be able to match who has what dick size. Oh, oh no, it's, it's a total. I mean, especially if you go to like I, I my gym was the YMCA for a long time. So it was just me and, you know, dudes in their 70s. And the differences you see in that room is astounding. But the most astounding thing is like none of them care. This is an our generation sure. thing. Oh, yeah. Where like dick size became a big thing. These guys are just peacocking around no matter what they have to work yeah. with. Whereas like for, I remember gym class like middle school, you're trying to do that weird towel dance where like sure. you never actually show anything. Oh and my you God. like I never changed. I don't know if I changed out of my underwear in gym class. Like in gym in, class, in for me, in gym class, it was it was the the tidy whitey to boxer. Uh, that was a big yes. shift where I was still wearing tidy whities for a long time. And oh. People were like, "What tidy whities?" Oh and you look God. back, you're like, "Who the <laughs> fuck? How do you fucking care about oh my God. underwear?" I know. Uh, it's a minefield. And then, and then that, that gradual where you're like, I got to stop wearing fucking weird boxers with a smiley face on the front like a child. Yeah. <laughs> and like no button. I, 
<laughs> the, the, just like I, I could never, you know, waking up in the morning and just my dick is out of the boxers. <laughs> That I had to stop. I had, I had a sister and a mother in the house. I couldn't walk downstairs. Like I'd have to get fully oh dressed in order to like be in my house. <laughs> um. So yeah, dick dick size. Yeah, I, it's a bad burn. It's a stupid would, burn. Would you would you be naked in front of me if no. we were in a locker room? Uh, I, I. This is something that we yeah. I, we I want to talk about. Uh, this is about like I have been a. Uh, um, I've had a hard time taking my shirt off in public for a long time, a long mm-hmm. time. I, I was even bigger than I am now. I was like three something. I lost a hundred pounds. Nice. Um, and only, only like recently in the past 10, 10 years, maybe have I been okay, like going to the beach yeah. and like taking my shirt off. And I always do it because I like to go in the water. I like to swim mm-hmm. and, and you know, but it was always an issue. It was always a thing. And like, even, even now, you know, we did an uncle function where it was most recently where um, it was like supposed to be a strip club and Harry and Marv from a Home Alone. This was a Christmas yeah, themed, yeah. Christmas <laughs> themed sketch show. We were we were doing like this big strip tease where we'd like take off a jacket and there'd be another jacket. We had like our crowbars and we were using and I was like, oh, I don't want to strip. And they were like, oh, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to take my shirt off. And. Uh, Joseph was like, "This is comedy, baby. You're not willing to take your shirt off," and I felt, I felt burned. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, uh-huh. I felt burned. I was like, "Yeah, wow." And that's listen. That's why I love Joseph because I think I hear where you're coming from. No, and but I'm he's, also right. Like, he's, he's right. He's right. He's right. He's no, absolutely the, the gag right. Is good, but it's it's so tough. I it's I didn't tough. take my shirt off until I was like paid for it. That's when yeah. I started. Like be, well, now, it's like most of my job is being shirtless. Like I, that's just what my life is now yeah and it takes so long to get used to because it's something it's like we all remember getting made fun of when we were like 11 or 12 or like mm. start of what was your school. weight when you were when you were young uh i was i mean i, I cracked the 200s by the time i was like 11 10 11 so i was always i was i was always heavier and then it's funny because like middle school i was super heavy and then my weight just didn't change all through high school, but I grew like six inches. So I like, I, I like, so I like spread out and, but I still had that, like that little fat kid in the back of my head. Now, mm. mind you, cause I never had a six pack. I always still had man boobs. I was, but I never yeah. like look at, it's hilarious looking at like my high school now. And I was like, I was so thin. Yes. I could wear each oh, This man. was great. And oh. like, I look back on all those pictures and I'm like, why was I so fucking? And you're like, I hated it. Like I would yeah. like, my biggest fear was like my belly poking out like while I tried to take off my hoodie, like while I was at my yes. locker. And that was my biggest fear is that people would like see my tummy. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, I f- like I felt I felt chubby in in middle school sure. for sure. You did, yeah, you I did. did. And I, I like I to joke like, that he was never fat in his life. And, and, I, and listen, I used to when I first started stand up. I remember I would talk about having moobs. It was yeah. like a, it was a horrible bit. Okay, but then I talked to some guy <laughs> after a show. It was like an early like stand up revelation where like he had uh, estrogen levels that were extremely high. So he had yeah. C cups. Okay, and there was a feeling of like, oh, you know what? This is not my bit to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Or this is not like this guy. At first, his stories are going to be way funnier because he dealt with. But I remember when I was a kid playing shirts versus skins in soccer. Oh, I wouldn't bro. do it. And I was like, I'm on team shirts. There's no option. Yeah, there's no like, way. I would like, I would hunker down. They're like, you have to be on skins. I'm like, that's cool. I won't play. I'll just go sit down. Yeah. That's fine. Wow. Blake Marriott. I've, I've called it out before where he came up to me. I was skins and he went to my boobs and he went booby, 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 booby. And he did like a boxing yeah. thing. 
with oh, my boobs. And I just, brutal. You know, shocking. Brutal. And like, I, I, I didn't keep my t-shirt on in the pool, but whenever I got out, I would wear the towel up here. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one time where these guys were like, that's how women wear their towels. Sure. That's like the 90s sitcom mom. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, got yeah. caught. Yeah. Wait, maybe wait. I wasn't that chubby, but I think it was in relation to what I... And this is, I think, with a lot of body image. Yeah. It's like it's in relation to what I wanted to be. And oh, I had yeah. a friend named Kevin, and he was a soccer kid. And he was this kid with a six-pack totally. his whole middle school. Mm-hmm. And all the women loved him. And he was also charming. And it was that thing where it's like, oh, it's just. And he was a child. He was a child. He was a child. We were so upset with other children yeah, yeah. for <laughs> so having I wasn't chubby, but like, like oh, I, wanted, I wanted to look like that. Yeah. Abercrombie and Fitch. That was the totally. biggest thing. Like, everyone was at Abercrombie. Like, girls would come out of the mall with, like, like their bag that just was like a headless torso of like four different guys abs. Yeah. And like, that's what we compare ourselves to. I think also in like, you know, I I came of age in like the late nineties, early two thousands. So that was like uh, real world. And like MTV was super hot. So everything was just like MTV spring break. Look at all these abbed out bros. I watched spring break and it was hot. We didn't have it. So it was like the fuzzy channel. It was good enough to watch. Hmm. And I just remember like, going through puberty and it's spring break and they're putting whipped cream on women's tits yeah, yeah. and like eating and you're just like them like that's all I want that's life. all I've ever I wanted is to achieve that you're like, this is, this just, is my just goal. to have a strangers with big tits and I eat whipped cream and then you see the guy your 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 high school friend who's like booby 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 on where is that guy what's his name again uh Blake Marriott. What's he uh-huh. doing? Hopefully he's not part of a powerful family that can bury it, me for the rest of my I life. I wonder if he like realized <laughs> the that. first time he saw he, boobies how inappropriate that I hope he does it still. <laughs> oh, and because be he's a Marriott, they pretend that they like yeah, it. Yeah. Oh. Is he a Marriott? <laughs> Is he that oh, Marriott? He's, he's that Marriott. Oh, yeah. so oh, no, we really shouldn't be talking about yeah, him. No consequences no, in his life is what you're telling I think me. It's fine. I haven't been able to find it. And look, we I'm talking like, this is not like a, a mature, this is in second grade or sure, like fourth grade. Sure, like, sure, I, sure. I don't hold ill will, no, but no, I, I remember it. Oh, absolutely. I remember it every night and I can't get it up when I'm at a Marriott. I'll look at my like middle school bully on Facebook who I have not spoken to in 20 years. Really? And just like hate look at him like, you work at a golf course now. Wow. And I'm like, which is also a great job, by the way. I'm not saying that's bad at all. Like I, I golf sometimes. That's a really nice job if you get paid for it. But like oh, I still like I just find a way to hate him. As a, as a yeah, male yeah, model yeah. though, you do get to judge most. You get to be like, I'm a male model. And mm. you do you do something else, and that's pathetic. But I compared. imagine yeah. there's a caveat on there. Oh, there's a lot of caveats. Yeah, because, like, like my like, favorite thing is like it's a plus I'll, size model. You know, like it's like they that's always. <laughs> it's like I have an asterisk. Yeah, like it, I took it's, steroids it's in baseball. Like <laughs> even your bill, even your bully who might be looking at your things, like oh, he's a model. Oh yeah, he's a plus size model. He's a plus and then model. he falls asleep, <laughs> and he's a falls asleep, and he's just like a happy yeah. guy. Oh, I he's have like, <laughs> like I'll have comments on like my TikToks or something like that, and like I remember I did something in response to someone else, and I was just like, "Listen, man, I've been in Vogue like two or three times," and they're like, "Well, you were in Vogue as like part of an inclusion thing," and I'm just like, well, "How did you get into Vogue? What yeah, was yeah, your yeah. thing?" And he's like, "They just quickly get buried totally. by like." I have very supportive fans. I'm very, very lucky. And it's also very weird to call them fans. Like, I don't, I think that's the first time I've said that out loud. Huh? Sure. Strangers on the internet are nice to me. Let's put it that yeah. way. They're but fans. just a caveat, yeah. they're plus size fans. They are plus, they're size. plus <laughs> size fans. They're plus size. So, 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. <laughs> so, okay, it's, it's sometimes it's tough to talk about modeling, where it's just yeah. like, okay, you're, you're a good-looking man. Thank you. But you know that. I, I mean, I do now. I didn't before I modeled, so. Really? Did you, do, you, do you think you grew into it? Or do you think, like, in high school, like, like do, were you a good-looking guy? I never once thought so. Um, I'm Now, mind you, I always had, like, from, like, 15, 14 or 15 onward, I always had a girlfriend. Um, but it was always a long-term one. And I always convinced myself in my head that they were with me because I was, like, funny and bought things. Like, it was never, it was always, like... <laughs> This I do a better. Unfortunately, that captures my current relationship. You're like funny, and I buy things. You're like I do better things, and she's willing to deal with the less. The story is going to get more like like he that he never had any problems in his life. Oh, I wish I had a lot of girlfriends. And no, no, no. I had I was I was very much because I was terrified of women, even though I had girlfriends. I dated every girl I ever dated for like four to five years because I was just like no one else is ever going to like me. So no matter how badly this is going i just have to hang on yeah it's never happening yeah yeah, again. yeah yeah so wow. you what you go to college for um originally uh the first time i went to college it was i tried to double major in uh biology and theater which apparently you have to go to school for like 90 years and you just, it still doesn't matter uh-huh. so i then transferred out i went to a small college in connecticut called albertus magnus and i transferred to the uh in the city i went to the american academy of dramatic art and got a, an associate's degree in theater. And so we we is met that AMDA? No, it's no. ADA. So Atta. They're, they're very sim. They're not similar at all. They actually there's a stupid rivalry. I don't yeah. think the two. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, I didn't mean to offend. Oh, it's not offensive. The rivalry between ADA and AMDA. <laughs> it's it's one's a musical school and one's a straight oh, okay. theater. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. like they're very. And I went to ADA, and they're the oldest conservatory in the Western world. They're very. <laughs> I mean, they have, they are. <laughs> I went to a conservatory too. So man. pretentious. Oh, in a absolutely. great way. I loved it. Again, so pretentious. Like, they're very. As soon as another, like, alumni gets nominated for anything, your email, like, floods, and they're like, now 294 Emmy nominated students. And you're like, all right. Oh, wow. a lot, most of those was one person over, like, nine of them are Robert Redford. So I don't know if you can keep counting. <laughs> it, is, it is my dream for my college to, who, by the way, my college Instagram account. I asked them I was performing in Miami, and I said, "Could you share this on the on the thing?" Mm-hmm. They shared it, and then immediately deleted it. And I thought, hmm. "Oh!" And I wrote them. I said, "Hey, is everything okay?" And they never got back. Whoa! So Mystery. in a way, they burned me first. But my I always have a fantasy where they they try to use me 
as like uh, one of our alumni was on James Corden, and I write them. I say, Don't. "Take me off this right now." Oh, that's my. Take me off this right now. You wow. have you have no ownership to my success. That's my if first anything, school. You prevented it. That's my first college. The one I transferred out of. I'm like, I'm waiting to get big enough for them to be like our alumni, not alumni. And I I, I don't mm. have any degree. I have, t- I have 27 credits like sitting in a vault somewhere at your school. I had a casting director wow. workshop type thing that used one of my like TV credits. Like he did this and then was on CBS's Blue Bloods and it was not because of that class. Oh and I God. was, I didn't say anything. Cause you know, yeah. Gatekeepers. But I was like, I was like, fuck you, oh, fuck you. Fuck. It's it's very frustrating. So we met in a scene. With do you remember which one it was? Terry Schreiber. Terry Schreiber. Met in Terry Schreiber's scene study class, and I remember I I like I had very little interaction with you, in uh because you would show up for maybe half of every class, and I was very much I had been in an, I was in an acting company yeah. after college. And I was I was done not not artistically, but I was emotionally done with classes. Oh, I totally I, I couldn't do it any. I couldn't watch other people act. Anymore. I was oh totally done as well, and then I got reinvigorated in that class. So that like oh. that class is um, I love Terry Schreiber. Um, he is a very methodically slow teacher. He's though. still alive. He is still alive. Wow. He's like ninety-seven. I don't know Oof. if he's still teaching, but he is still alive. I because I check in from time to time. I had I really a point like where him. when I I was like, oh my god, I've spent ninety percent of my life watching yeah. bad actors act. Yeah, yeah, watching people do that same scene from Glass Menagerie. And that class was five hours long. So <laughs> it was. It was, I mean, it, it, was, was, it was so, so long. It was. It was like, intense. Oh. You gotta. You gotta be. You gotta be in that passion part and of your I life. I was such in like the the culty theater part of my life because mm-hmm. I had just got I had just moved back to the city after doing a tour and I was like getting back into it and I was gonna and I'd done a children's thor- tour so I was like this is where I get really serious and this is where I'm gonna break into Broadway and all this stuff so I took that class so seriously and like Jamarco showed up and he was great and we like watched him do some exercises and scenes but every like the first couple classes like I gotta leave early and we're like oh he's transitioning five hours is a long class and then after like two or three months it was like he would pop in do his scene and then leave and, then and leave. i would just get so at the time upset but that's because again it was very pretentious it was very like that's that class meant so much to me and like no but you're 12 right of too. us that were in there but you're right too yeah, i understand you do that but i, I do that but <laughs> i do, do that, that. But, but he was also a, why i could afford the pocket but I mean, my, like, while you know, he was part of the, the life I'll say like in your defense now, because it was one of those things where I I found I did that a lot, especially in theater. I would get very precious about everything and everything was the most moving thing in the world. Because when you're doing a theater class or anything like that, you're making yourself so unbelievably vulnerable. And if people have been in class with you for like months and months and months, you start to like really get close to them. And so like you take it very seriously. And I remember being like, kind of upset that you just kept like ducking in and ducking out and wouldn't watch oh, that other people mind you most of the class that would have <laughs> driven me fucking nuts at least four fucking nuts at least like four and a half hours of the class is you just watching other people sure and he was also a super old school teacher so if he saw like your phone light go off or something he would like stop the scene and be like take it outside and like he was it was oh, great boy but then i remember like being upset and then seeing an advertisement for you were doing your fringe show and I was like, Oh fuck that. I mean, if he's doing that, yeah, don't be in scene study class. Yeah, yeah, don't do yeah. it. Like is when I realized that, that you were, you were, yeah, I think that was around the time of the fringe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. When I realized remember? you were working on stuff, then I was kind of like, Oh, cause then I quickly, like just as you were doing like your fringe show and whatnot, I started booking modeling gigs and I started to have to be like, I have to miss this class and I got to miss this mm. class. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh now I'm the dick that's showing up for mm. like an hour at a time yeah. and missing rehearsals with scene part. Cause that was the worst part is everyone took it so seriously 
that you had to not only do your five hours of class, you had to meet at least like two or three times a week with your scene partner for like oh, three boy. hours and rehearse. And it was, I it think was an intense just, I class. mean, first, that, it's tough to have those kind of studios in New York because yeah. there's so many things to do. Yeah, I think it's like, it, it's so hard because the realities of the business make me go like, oh, you got to find work the moment you can. And but never I also let can it totally go. appreciate... Yeah the like let's have a fucking commune and like learn and get intense and get deep and they're they're, they're really at odds with each other and i think in in those type of studios as much as i loved it are just so back in the day where people had like you know $50 rents in Greenwich Village and could get by and by doing... And people paid attention to those. When, yeah. the, when the Terry Schreiber did... When, when the actor studio did the play in the 70s, yeah. every casting director was exactly. there. And you would then get work after that. Sure, sure. And now it's like no one gives a shit okay. about anything. And I, and I did the Terry Schreiber like short plays that like uh, agents are going to come to this and this is how I'm going to get buckled. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're like, no, they've never come to one of these. But I have to ask, do you remember consciously being like, I'm not fucking sticking around for this shit? Because uh, I do think that there's like a thing I, of I like... I remember being like, I wanted, I wanted, I missed acting. Yeah. But I, I knew I was like half in, half out. Mm. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Because I, I, I was in an acting company in Philly. It ended yeah. disastrously. And I like, that was the full thing. Mm. And I used to do at Circle in the Square, this teacher. Well, you know, like one of the... Exer every student would get, you do one exercise every three classes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like one exercise was everyone would stand in a circle and this person would pick like a bar from a song. And they would just say it again and again as they circled. So, you know, they go around, I hope you don't mind. Oh, my God. I hope you don't mind. And you're doing this for 45 minutes in my brain. And I'm already ADD to begin with. Sure. I'm going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, can't. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sleepy. And I, so, yes, I, I do remember that I was very much, the last big thing I did, I did Larry Moss, which was like a master class. He's like Leonardo DiCaprio's. And that was like the last, it was like two days. Eight hours each day. Yeah. Yep. And I did it. And, you know, I, I got up there my one time and he made me cry because it was an older man going, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I can never <laughs> recreate this. I, just, I think that's why I was so defensive about Terry because he was this grandfatherly figure. That's yes. Like, and because you are they doing create cults. Every I time I watch a documentary about a cult, every single time, no. there's a version of Meisner's repeating. Every oh. single time. I it, Nexus am so is glad like, you brought like, this up. Nexus is like, you're ugly. I'm ugly. You're ugly. I'm yeah. ugly. I'm ugly. And it's always, every single time. Absolutely. It's a cult. Me and my wife sit here you and watch cult You guys worship this guy, Terry Schreiber. Yeah, yeah, I had, a, I had Wendy Ward was my Terry yeah. Schreiber. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You worship them. Every time we've ever seen a cult documentary, because me and my wife are both theater people, we've just been like, These, I can make anybody cry. Like, mm. give me the right, like, exercise and the type of moments. Like, in people, it's same with, like, not even just cults in like, you know, super, like my wife's from Georgia and the Bible Belt. It's like they're speaking in tongues and they're falling out and they believe in Jesus. And I'm like, I could make you do that with like intense eye contact and repetition for a while. Like these are all acting exercises all and people are just experiencing emotion for the first time. But so sometimes like, people need amazing. it. I think what's interesting is just like people do need it who are not in the arts. Yeah. They need it in some respect. We talked about in and of itself. Did you see that? It's on Hulu. It was oh a magician. Yes. Yeah, you loved it. Oh, it's I know a, what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, but I know it's it. So good. So good. Corny, maybe. But it's a the, trick. I mean, you but know. But at the end, he does like a thing where he like goes to each person and the magic is he, you picked a card at the beginning about like what kind of person you were. Yeah. And at the end, he's, on this he, wall. You he knows, the card off the wall. he knows what person you picked based on whatever. Obviously, it's a magic trick. Yeah, but he yeah, goes yeah. up to people who have never been in an acting class and goes, you're a survivor. 
and they go, <laughs> <laughs> you're, they're all bubbling. You're a lion. And some, and some man who's never felt in his ho- for the last 40 years, who's buried everything inside, someone says something to him with eye contact. Oh, and yeah. he, yeah. it's the greatest thing to ever happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. And sometimes I think about like the action classes and I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a version of this that regular people need to yeah. somehow. And, and, people want to be mean, seen. A feeling class. Sure. Or, or get to be on a stage and have people applaud you that, class. That's what most of theater classes are, is just learning how to access emotions with any amount of control whatsoever, rather mm. than them just exploding out of you. Yeah. And that's all That's all it is. is so I've, I remember after, especially Terry's, I cry so often now, and I never, ever did. I wish I cried like, more. Every, 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 like during... during even when I was in conservatory and whatnot, like I never cried. Terry, whatever happened in Terry's class broke me where now I'm just like, I'll start crying at every movie. I cry at commercials. I cry at everything. But then Such I can a like- fucking pussy. I love- <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm I can getting, like getting, snap getting, getting, back getting. into it. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's not a, a traumatizing thing. Whereas if like my dad cried, that would be like an unspoken thing for like the next yeah, month yeah, yeah. and a half. We've, have you ever told well, it on this? No, I haven't. Can you tell your dad? Um, well, it is Christmas time. So uh, my Jewish father, mm-hmm. every year he watches It's a Wonderful Life. My father watches It's a Wonderful Life every and single w- And when it's over- he stands up, he walks into his room, he locks the door, oh. and he cries for the first time and the last time all year. Oh, that's my father exactly. He cries at two specific points. Yeah. He cries when, um, when um, obviously at the end, when the angel gets his wings. Sure, sure, sure. But all of a sudden, well, when the uh, drunk old chemist is beating, he's like, don't hit my sorry, oh, Mr. Yeah. Gower. Yeah, my dad yeah. just starts like... <laughs> Fucking boring, and that's it. He's a, that's his once a year. That's now, his once a year thing. Why does that movie do it for your dad? I don't know. I don't know. And I just I remember being confused. I mean, talk about like emotional confusion for a kid. Yeah, it's like, am I supposed to hide? Like he goes behind the door. He do, yeah. he doesn't want to show me. He doesn't want to. How show. did you know he was crying? You heard, what did you hear? I think it was like my mother would be like. He's emotional. This is when he cries. He's emotional, you know? Um, and and then later I knew that that's what it was. And it's, uh, it's that's serious. I mean, he comes from, he fought in the Vietnam War. Like, yeah. he's, he, he had, that's a generation that Our, parents, our parents' generation. At 18, yeah. he was flying a helicopter. He was, yeah, you he, were. I was knee deep in my own cum. <laughs> 18 year old, 18 years old, two vastly different experiences. It's, I still I, had a Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> 18, like, yeah. was, like my dad, my dad clearly avoids. I once tried to get my dad to watch Sopranos because I was like, you'll love this. It's Italians. Yeah. It's, mm, it's, yeah. it's, and, and he, Tony's like trying to find a home for his mom. And oh. my dad was like, I can't, I can't watch this. And I'm like, I really think if you did, you'd be a better person. I think if you just let yourself, whatever it is that's coming up, just I know. if you would watch this, yeah, we would have better Thanksgivings. Oh my god! No, I it, wonder about men that that, that generation, yeah. just because like, it, is it really better to to experience and talk oh, about no. things the way we we do, or are we just like? 
complainers. I think we'll find out. <laughs> I, Are we just complaining? We'll find I don't know. out when the next civil war comes exactly. and we exactly. have to go into battle. I think when we're in our 50s and 60s um, and we do like a poll of like the level of heart disease and the amount of strokes had, that's when we'll realize if this was good what mm. we were doing or bad. Because I know like... My, that's a good point. It must our, be good. It must be it good. Has it has to be. be. It has to be. we're doing it. I feel chiller <laughs> about it. Like I feel, I don't want to walk around like tensed up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I we it was funny because I when I, we hung out with your dad, where it's like you you oh, want to yeah. you want you sometimes you go to these older men and you want to be like, have you ever thought about like being happy <laughs> for like just an hour? No, you ever thought about like and it's like it, part of us it's like well, there's no way that's gonna work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they weren't they weren't waiting for someone to tell them. It's it's too it's late. So ingrained yeah. in the, like try try doing like I, I'm a plus size male model and my dad loves me and he supports me, but I go against like everything he was ever raised to believe. Sure. Like same with my mom. Like I grew up doing like Weight Watchers and Atkins and all that stuff oh, with yeah. my mom, oh, and now boy. it's like that I've come to my own like body positive realizations. I try to like whether it's my mom or anyone else, I try to be like, but you know like what your body looks like actually doesn't matter. And she's like, you're, you're trying to undo like 60 years mm. of programming right now. And I think it's like we, I'm, I've learned at least with the older folks in my life to just be like, oh, I'm never, there's no dent that's going to be made. My par- I'm lucky that my parents are as progressive as they are. Um, and I'm not going to make them anymore. When it comes to body stuff, I, I've, I've been trying to, you know, I'm, I'm neurotic about my, my weight. And I try to think yeah. about like what my parents let me do a couple of quick stories. Where so my mom has always been. She was bulimic. Okay. Uh, uh, and she she will not show me pictures from her youth. Also pre nose job. I asked her the other day. I was like, I'd love to see a, a picture of my nose on your face. And she said, you know, she's like, no, you will never see a picture then. Wow. And part of it's just like, just show me a fucking, just show yeah. me just a show fucking, fucking picture. Son, just show me a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care if you're fat. Just show yeah. me this picture. Uh, 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 I have to have her on the podcast, but but she but she, she really also should. describes where she lost a lot of weight and she resented people. All she got all this male attention suddenly, and mm-hmm. she like felt a deep kind of undercurrent of cynicism. Like now you fucking want to yeah. be my friend. Mm-hmm. So she tells me the story all the time. When I was a kid, she was on the stair. Ma- I don't remember this. She was on the stairmaster. She had one like in in the bedroom or whatever, and she like complained about like. She didn't get enough steps in or that day, or or, or she, it wasn't working, or whatever. And I started crying. Apparently, very young, and was like, "You, you're so skinny, and you always talk about your weight." And Whoa. I don't remember this. Okay, but she's brought it up so many times. I'm like, that probably left an impression. Yeah. So, the the other part is my father worries about his own weight, and he is a classic, classic. If he is feeling insecure about his weight, he projects it in a in a way where this is where I feel like we are better yeah. because I'm like, yes. D- d- how can you not see what oh, you're yeah. doing? And he surprised me. I was in Philly uh, with my girlfriend at the time. And my dad surprised me on my birthday by coming up to Philly. There's there's no surprise. I could want less than a surprise (laughs) visit. And it's my birthday. I went out to get a steak and cheese at my favorite steak and cheese place. And I was wearing like basketball shorts and a wife beater. And my dad like kind of was like, putting on a couple pounds after the meal. And I snapped in a way that not a good way to snap where I said, I said, I will lay down in the middle of this road right now and let a car like just immediate to suicide. No, I will kill myself in front of you for this comment you've made to me. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so that's, I I think what would, whenever anyone comments on your weight, there's like, I promise you, I know whatever the fuck you're about to say, 
I know. I've thought it. I've thought it way worse than you. I'm. I'm. I'm like. It always drove me nuts when people would be like, "Oh, you're you're fat, so you don't you don't care about your appearance." And I'm just like, I weigh myself four times a day. I weigh myself oh. before and after every poop to see how much I've lost. I wow. like would go through. Wow. I also I had, had an eating disorder all through high school, and I mean, I really what kind like, of eating disorder? I'm just learning like through therapy that I had an eating disorder because uh-huh. apparently you're not supposed to take like. 20 to 30 diet pills and laxatives a day and that's what i was doing Um, really 20 to 30 uh handfuls like literal handful hydroxycut xenadrin um just full-on laxatives like and it just so you're just shitting all day all day all day to this like and then but also like didn't really click to me that like oh man that's what was happening i just thought i was getting skinnier and, and did, did it did it work uh now that i look back at my high school photos yeah yeah i was way thinner you heard it, it here first kids. i know <laughs> it works it's not an endorsement i had an, no, 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 an, i just started terrible. having regular bowel movements like last week like yeah. did you have any were there any side effects or just I, a I lot of i still have a very hard time um like digesting fat and oils like because there was one it was the first fda approved uh, diet pill. It was called Ally, and it was just a fat blocker. It just made it so your body oh, cannot man. digest or process fat in any way, and it would like come out in like oil slicks, like when you use the bathroom. Oil slicks. It was. Yeah. What, do you, what do you mean, like, 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 what, like what, just what, like, what like Exxon Valdez, like, like deep orange, shits. like just sitting on top. Remember of the Olestra? Bowl. Yes, Ola- I remember. That, that made you the, have oily. That shits. was the like the light lazed potato chips. Yeah, yeah, like, the, the the potato chips that had this weird oil yeah. on it, and it made you have like like oily. Yeah, Shit, and I think I took terrible. that stuff for so long. Like my body still is like just learning how to digest food again. Like, diet food, diet is food, it still yeah. around? Are people still doing this uh, frequently? I don't know if Ally is, but I, I they still have hydroxycut in like every Walgreens you go to, which is basically just like mini speed. Like mm. it's just a it, it it's just like an accelerant. So you're just doing this in high school. Your parents don't know. Um, they knew to a point. I mean, they they didn't know that I was they I, they definitely didn't know I was taking laxatives. And like my mom had seen like bottles of hydroxycut and been like, "What are you doing?" And I'm, just, but my, but I think it was it. You didn't need. This is the craziest part. You didn't need to be eighteen. You didn't need a yeah. license. Well, it's you marketed under go. like fitness. Yeah, it's in the vitamin it's section. It's at the GNC. You could just, like, exactly. Yeah. So you could just go and buy it. So I had. We are giving full instructions. <laughs> I know. To I know. Don't do this. No. If you have kids listening to this podcast, like, no, yeah. what are I've you doing? To, I've talked about this before, but I'm like, I am setting a blooper. Especially you would be like, did it work? And I was like, yeah, look at these pictures. I'm like, but I was so miserable hmm. and like so unhealthy. And again. Just now, with like probiotics and like two handfuls of Metamucil a day, am I like yeah. normally oh, wow. digesting? Did you food feel again? bad too? Like, did you not feel good? I mean, I don't think I felt good my entire <laughs> like teenage years. I mean, every so shit was an emergency. Yeah. Every <laughs> single was, one. I had to plan my whole life about it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. I, well, I will say as a side note, I do, I am sometimes annoyed by, I, I did a, a one of, we have these live episodes. And I, I posted one with someone who was talking about the downsides of eating disorders. They had a lot uh-huh. of eating disorders. And that was the first post Instagram has ever taken down right away because it said eating disorder. Yeah. And sometimes eating disorder falls into one of those trigger warning categories where sometimes I'm like, the news will be like, uh, 30,000 kids were bombed by our president and they, they're all dead now. Yeah. Trigger warning. We're about to talk about yeah. eating disorders. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, the crown. I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. can't. Oh, yeah. I can't. Yeah. I and, and that's talk about a thing where I feel like old, yeah. where I'm like, 
Shut up. Yeah. You can't deal with talking about the eating disorder. Good luck with life. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I'm like, I talk about it, not every chance I get, but I'm very open about it because I'm just like, listen, I was in, like, there was no such thing as a male eating disorder when I was a kid. Of like, course. So I didn't even know that I had a de eating disorder. Like, I... I was taking pills. That wasn't, I wasn't, you know, bulimic. I wasn't shoving my, my finger down yeah. my throat. I wasn't like, I mean, I was like going for like multiple day fasts, but now like, I didn't, I didn't know that was like anorexic behavior until yeah, totally. I was realizing that because Costco, uh, like not Costco, Walmart used to sell something called like the 48 hour miracle diet which was just a jug and it was like first it was like on the end cap as soon as you walked into Walmart and it was just like it's like the master cleanse it was like orange it was like totally. lemon juice and cayenne pepper and uh -huh. the reason it worked is because you didn't eat food for 48 hours yeah yeah, yeah of course and you just shit your brains out for that 48 hours and you're like look at all the weight i've lost yeah um i i i learned that i had a um a bit of a eating disorder i was closet eating i was mm -hmm. waking up in the middle of the night and cooking like meals for myself while and then cleaning up so that no one would know like yeah. when i was a kid like frying up tortilla chips making my own tortilla chips because my parents withheld sort some like snacks i like used the, to, the only thing we had yeah. was like diet snacks like mm -hmm. snack wells cookies and were like they doing this specifically for you or yeah. did they have eating stuff my mother too? has my, they both have eating things yeah. they both have eating things but i of course inherited them um because it's all their fault I mean, <laughs> hey, ma. It, I mean, I mean, it's it's a it's a modeled behavior, but it's also because it was what was fed to them their whole lives. Like sure. that's the the problem. Like getting older and realizing your parents are as fucked up or more fucked up than you are. Like it's not their fault. They they and especially like I know me raising me any complaints I could have. I was like, now that I have a kid, I have no idea what I'm doing. They're doing the mm. best they can. They don't give you in like. It's very cliche to be like, they don't give you a construction manual. But all I had to do with my daughter was I had to sign three different papers that promised I wouldn't shake her. That's all it did. I'd like, she popped out. Never shake a baby. And they're like, Martha. don't shake the baby. And I'm like, I won't shake the baby. I promise not to. They're like, now watch this video about not shaking a baby and sign that you did watch the video and you won't shake the you baby. You know what that tells me? Like, that tells me that the, that <laughs> know, the need to shake a baby is like strong. Oh, it is. It, Have you ever felt that? Have you oh, ever felt, I felt like, that? I never shake, I've never shaken my no, daughter. No, no, no. But when they, you know, they don't sleep for a year. And yeah, you just yeah. start to did, lose did you, your Were you about to, and then you remember the third contract? <laughs> yeah, there the was, third contract. There was. Oh, right. Oh, thank right, God right. for that third contract. There were definitely times where, like, my muscles tensed, and I was like, oh, you almost wow. did it. You almost did it just wow. now. Wow. I, I, I think it's obviously, terrible. You're right. it's obviously a thing. Yeah. It's obviously a thing. And, the, like, it's, you, like, it dawns in your head. You're like, that's when they told me not to do it. Because, yeah. like, I you're it. like, who would ever do that? But when you haven't slept for, like, two and a half months straight, and I'm like, oh, man. You just start to lose where you are. One time I called my wife because like she could, my, my, it was like her first night out in two months and uh, she was doing a play reading and I told her she had to leave because it was like on hour three of my daughter crying. She's like two months old and I left her a voicemail just with my daughter screaming in the background and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I've done all the things. I can't. Were you I can't scared? Like, were I you terrified. I was like three hours, oh, truly three hours, three hours nonstop. And it wasn't like, and now, and they tell and like any parent will tell you like, that's, not uncommon like babies Ooh. can get colicky they can do that 
We're, we're debating having a second one right now, oh and I've just been like, if they could hand me a three-year-old, like I, yeah. that would be great. Because I like my daughter's three, and it's awesome. It's fun. I, the first year, you can shake those. So skills. bad. Yeah, yeah, you can shake those. It's locked in there. <laughs> She's good. She's got a very strong neck. <laughs> You're um, thinking about having a baby, right? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, okay, so all right, so 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 now I know a little bit of your story and in, into into modeling. So yeah, you know that you're you're. You, well, how does the eating disorder? How did the pills uh, curb down? Um, in 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 theater school, in when I was in when I came when I moved to New York, I had a theater director. It's very cheesy, but I had a theater director kind of like stop me and be like, you know it's okay to be a big guy, right? And I was like, huh? And he's uh -huh. like, and no one had ever even thought of saying something like that to God, me. That's it was so like great. that moment, it was that like cult moment where I was like instant tears. And I'm just like, what? What do you mean it's oh. okay? He's like, people like big guys. You like, people will like you as the big guy. And I was like, what? I don't know what to do. And I like rethought my whole acting career. Cause I've How been, did they know I, that I was, about you? They were directing me in a play um, called Loose Knit. I don't remember the late Lillian Hellman. Let's say that's her. I don't think that's her. But anyway, um, and I guess I was just sucking. I just wasn't getting it. Like I wasn't doing well. Like I'd, I'd gotten cast in the show and I was just couldn't connect with whatever. Because my character um, had like cheated on his wife and was kind of like a ladies man. And I'd never been that. So I yeah. like, didn't understand like mm. the attract, like there were lines about how women were always hitting on me. And I was like, I don't know what any of this is about. And then he like just told me, he's like, Oh no, they'll like you. It's fine. Like he's like, yeah, you're great. And I, and girls like big guys and, and people like big guys and people who accept you as a big guy. And I was just like, broke down in the middle a of level. this little rehearsal room. There's a level to it, though. Oh, yeah. The, in terms of the big guy. I, I just want to, on behalf of other big people, yeah. like, we're always comparing ourselves to other big people, right? Mm -hmm. You look at a, a big guy, oh, and yeah. you're like, oh, I'm not that fat. Russell, Russell uh, uh, has, he talks about, you know, Russell, I, again, I feel uncomfortable saying the word fat, and I think, sure. obviously, but Russell would describe himself as fat. Yeah. And he says that when he's with uh, uh, fatter people, he's amazed how immediately he goes like, they're fat. Yes. And I'm not. And there's, I'm not. There's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a judgment. Oh, it's, a, it's like a self-hate thing. It you really is. And I remember I used to, so my one of my best friends is also my cousin, and he um, he was very, very heavy growing up. I could talk about it. He, he got gastric bypass. He lost 270 pounds. Like he was wow. very, very big growing up. So, but I considered myself big. So if I ever said anything about being fat around him he would get furious sure and and like it's it's i think there's some gatekeeping even especially in the modeling community because i'm i'm what is like they are small fats there's mid-size sure there's, there's big fats it is in the fat that's the terminology we've, we've come up in with the, in the fat oh that's it, they say it's, fats Big fats, <laughs> big fat. So no, literally. So so that is in, crazy. in the fat acceptance community, the big thing is taking stigma out of the word fat, fat. because fat is as far as you, like it doesn't have by Webster's like definition yeah. a negative connotation. It yeah. is a descriptor. It is a adjective, and like there there was you could look at. So, like yourself I mean never call another person fat but I would like self-identify as thing? fat you never call another person fat just because you don't know what their thought process is on it people call me fat sure. all the time now 
couldn't care less but because isn't, it's like I've accepted the term and understood it, but I would never. And because I don't know where they are on an acceptance journey. I don't know if that, there were times in my life where if you called me fat, I was done. You crumbled. crumbled. Of course. Yeah, but yeah, do you yeah. ever think it's a fool's errand where like sometimes there's like a fat. It's okay to say yeah. as, as if we're going to make it tall. We're going to make well, the and term fat tall. Well, and that's and what I'm a like, lot of it is. This word is steeped in a history Mm. of negativity. That's why the terms like plus size came out, like in the modeling world. Sure. So there was plus size when I first started. It still is. It's kind of like reverted back to plus size. Um, But a lot of people didn't like plus size. I mean, I found a quote from myself in an article like seven years ago saying I didn't like the term plus size um, and having some fanciful reason of why it wasn't acceptable. Um, because What, what they, was your reason? Do you remember? I think it was because plus means extra. No one's an extra person. You just are who you are. And I had yeah. a lot of sound bites when I first started hmm. because I didn't know what I was talking about. And I was very... I was very, I was never like formally media trained, but I was very good at media. I knew the sound bites. I knew what people wanted to hear. Yeah. And most of my career was like getting on morning shows and talking about it. So I knew what terms to say. Oh, wow. Um, and when I started, they had changed the names of like women's modeling wasn't the plus size division anymore. It was the curve division. And men, we weren't big and tall. We were, we were brawn. And it's still brawn. Like brawn. I gotta tell you, like curve and brawn are very attractive words. And that's the they thing. Are. They're very nice words. And in another agency, they called brawn. their big and tall guys the Titans. That was their thing. So right, like we're getting, we're getting a little carried away. That was a little carried away. <laughs> I liked brawn. Brawn, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like, the superheroes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the well, definitely not And fast. I think and I think a lot of it was just trying to understand that like most there's still a lot of people that are like you call them plus size or you call them fat, it would hurt them. And that would hurt but you feelings. wanted to bring them into the community, especially fashion, where they're like, listen, I found when I finally had clothes that like fit me correctly for the first time, it seems very, very simple, but it changed my whole like every layer of self-confidence I had improved because mm. I was like, oh, this is the right size. This actually looks big. I'm not like I used to I crammed myself into small t- like like too. extra large or large T-shirts for years. And like I never wore a T-shirt. Oh, see, I, did. I was never. What a were you wearing? Button downs. Button, Button downs. downs. I, was, I would wear a Flannels, full suit. Yeah. I'd wear a full suit if you let me. If you look at pictures of me in college, yeah. I'm wearing a sport coat. A button down and a tie I for was, like every was it Was it partly because layers, like, baby? Layers, with, layers. With button downs. Hey, I'm layering right now. I wore the same Harley Davidson sweatshirt for every day of seventh grade. Like I never, oh, wow. never like it was the same. They would be a thousand degrees out. And Harley. Like, no, Russell no, no, mentioned no. he doesn't. He doesn't like uh, like XXXL. Yeah. Like just the like quadruple. Like yeah. I, it's just like the. It, it feels like. Could you just. Yeah. Could could you do it like Starbucks and make there it are Italian? Some, there are some brands. The t-shirt I'm wearing right <laughs> now is called um it's by a brand called One Bone and theirs are they have like a chart on their thing like I'm wearing a size 1. They go from like it's like small it's like instead of small medium large it's like minus 2, minus 1, 0, 1 up to like six or oh, something wow. like that without the XLs put in. And in, for some I think the problem is when you try to make everything more like um, less offensive, like terminology, people stop knowing what the fuck you're talking about. Sure. That's why a lot of it is just reverted back to be like, this is a plus size model. This is this like I re- I don't tell I don't when I introduce myself I don't say I'm a brawn model. I say I'm a male plus size model. And half the time I just I drop the male too because it it's like you know look at me like yeah, you're, yeah. you're not like no one's confused hmm. like yeah it's 
it's tricky and it's just it's it's i i th- always think it's tricky to like try to be progressive in especially when it comes to like casting yes because casting i've always th- felt like it's casting breakdowns it's similar to porn yeah. in the sense that you need to figure out a specific thing quick oh yeah and when you're going with speed feelings aren't that important mm-hmm. so you got to rush you need sure. a person that looks like something and you're I like i need fat yeah. i need fat tall one time mm. i the saw the same way with porn you're like i need Big black cock. Yeah, you, yeah. you want that specifically, so you don't have time to be like, I want, you know, uh, uh, a you don't have time to mince words. Grand, uh, you know, not, you know. Especially yeah, yeah, yeah. any TV project when once once the leads are cast, they're like, no, 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 this is shooting fucking tomorrow, and you have to fit this exact costume I already have. I, uh-huh. You have to do this exact thing hmm. I just said. I mean, it's the same in fashion all the time. Mo- half of my jobs are within like a two day notice. Like, but when you did, so your big kind of break, you did, uh, what is, what is, it's not, there's stock photo and then there's, what's this next level? E-commerce. E-commerce. So which that is, was my first, that's that just when you yeah, are on this? the website and you see like, when you click on, ooh, that looks like a good shirt. And they show you just a guy in a white background oh. standing there in a t-shirt. Wow. That was me. And that was like, it is the second lowest rung in the fashion world. I've like, done stock a stock photos. Photo. I've did done that. a stock. So it's stock and then it's e-commerce. Mm. And... Even when I did it, the fact that there was a plus size guy was so unheard of. And that what all year of a was sudden, this? This was 2015. Did oh, you okay, consider wow. yourself plus size? Did you? I considered myself uh, fatter. Like, but did you I know the modeling term? Like, or did no. you just think, "Oh, I booked a shoot"? I thought I just booked a shoot. Like, I so it was set up by my commercial agent at the time, who only who you know, who were we with? I was with um, Steinberg. Steinberg. Talent. Okay, I was with Steinberg, and they, um, my manager. Um, uh, she was friends with a makeup artist on like, and who had wrote like on Facebook, like, Hey, looking for a guy to fit a 42 pant for tomorrow. Sure. And I got a text and she's like, what size pants are you? And I was like, what, what does that matter? And then, and then she's like, I think <laughs> I have to put a little more detail. <laughs> I know. I was just, in scene. <laughs> yeah. and she, she didn't text me often. It was always an email. So I was like, Whoa, 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 what's, what's going on? So yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. I got a casting. You can go to it. And, and I was like, I wear like a 42 at the time. And she's like, if I'm honest with myself, perfect. I wear a 42. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing is learning oh, to yeah. wear the correct size. Oh my God. I spent years just like just bulging, muffing, topping out because yep. I was like, I'm still a 38. Yeah. And like, just but, is your camera recording? Do you see the red light there? Yeah, I Great. see the red light. Just the red light. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so they. So anyway, I went and did a casting. I thought it was just a shoot. I was like, and you know, I paid like six hundred bucks. I'm like, this is awesome. Good. I'm for day so work. pumped. Hey. Great. Yeah, for day work, I'm like, this is amazing. I went in, did the casting. Nothing fit. Like hilarious. Like everything was like a medium. Like they were like, I was like, I can't wear this, and they're like, just try it. My nightmare. And I like just put it on, and it would look like kind of like a sports bra. Like yeah, my belly's just fully totally. out. And they're like, no, oh, okay, so what size do you normally wear? I'm like, like a 2XL normally. And they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, and that is, I'm like, it's a medium. It's a, and they're like, okay, no problem. I get undressed and they're like, all right, have a good one. You know, castings are just like, all yeah. right, bye. So I leave and I'm like, well, that was a fucking waste. And then I get a phone call, like by the time I get to the bottom of the elevator, she's like, you're working tomorrow. And I was like, hmm. She's like, you're working tomorrow and shave your beard. I had not wear, had a beard in years. There's, I, there's one round of photos of me at Target because that's who the client turned out yeah. to be, um, where I don't have a beard, and then like they quickly erased all of them because uh-huh. I look like a child. It is horrifying. <laughs> like I've lost and a plus size child of that. Just a real every jo- every job I've ever had where I had to shave my beard, I've instantly lost. Really, like, I was on. I booked the pilot for Limitless, uh-huh. um, and I oh, played wow. the main character's brother. And, Damn, and the pilot. 
and I did the pilot, and that's we're about to film. They're like, oh, the director wants you to shave your beard because he's supposed to be like a loser. He has like a five o'clock shadow. You're supposed to be like the upstanding med school brother. And I was like, you've never seen my face. Uh, none of my headshots have my face. I haven't shown my face, like my bottom chin, since I was like, you know, 19 years old. Yeah. You don't want to do this. And there, and it became like, I had my agent call, and it became a back and forth. And my agent's like, the director says shave or leave. And I was like, this is my first network Fuck. anything. I'm fucking shaving. Of course, of course. Uh. And I shave, and I come out, and the director looks at me, and then he starts like grumbling to the other people. And like, it was too late. I was going to be in the pilot. <laughs> but it was Jesus. like, I was the only main character recast. Oh, I was the only one. Oh, that hurts and I so want, bad. I want to pretend that it was big. I mean, maybe just in my heart, I'm like, it's because of the beard. I hope I just wasn't terrible. And they're like, this fucking guy. But... So yeah. yeah, it was it was that was fun. So anyway, they they made that me. is brutal. Let me Did tell you, you see the pilot? Huh? Do you get to see the pilot? Yeah, I, they cut a lot of my parts out. Um, like I'm, I'm in there, like I'm sitting there and oh, I say a couple things. You're in the. They um, didn't reshoot your scenes. Physically in the pilot. Did the brother new kill brother him? in the new next, brother? Do well. There's two brothers. One brother stayed the same. Other brother became Patrick Dara. which is like he's like a Broadway guy. Man, that is. Wow. I listen. I've never been in a pilot. Uh, but that is the nightmare. That, that is, is the nightmare. nightmare. Oh yeah. I also ruined that audition. Like that, this is, TV is so horrifically shallow. I literally booked it because I kind of looked like the main guy. There was nothing else. I sure. forgot my lines midway through. Like this the, is the like, audition, not the, the audition. Job. I tried to go without my script and then the they guys. They cut me out. I, I don't know I why. Like, <laughs> I kept forgetting my lines. Yeah, you hear more and more, you're like, it was not the beard, buddy. No, at the audition, I had it like locked in. I was like, good to go. And he's like, we're going to start in the middle. And I was like, I can't do that. I know this fucking, I know this page from oh, the yeah, very yeah. start. So I was like, where's that? He's like, you didn't bring your script in. I was like, I was trying to look cool like i had this i don't remember where you want me to start so you wow. you do the staples thing uh that target. guy target, oh, target. Staples. staples oh my god i worked at staples when i was Jesus. 16 years old uh a guy if i'm correct a guy uh, from a uh, he started chubster oh He's yeah the one who wrote the first article yeah, that's my bruce Sturgill. you did do research. Yeah, i'm did. very impressed and um, uh it it blow, it blows up. Yeah, Chubster at the time was a very like small. It was like a big and tall blog essentially for big and tall clothing. Cool. Um, someone posted like an article of like, did Target sneak in a plus size guy into their lineup? And I saw it on Facebook, and, on, and I so I wrote to him. I was like, hey, that's me. And were you fully comfortable at this point? Like in my mind, there is a version where yeah. you get a modeling gig, mm -hmm. and an article comes out, hmm. and it's like it's like, oh, it's okay, it's recording here. Okay. Okay. Um, what is this? Uh, don't use. What are you doing? Okay. All okay. the, the ways. There, technical so. difficulties. There's some version in my mind where, like, you do a modeling gig and then an article comes out that's like, did someone sneak a fatso yeah. in one of these Target there, ads? And, and there then were a picture of you. Oh, and yeah. it's like a fucking, what the fuck? I thought I just had what a gig. What the fuck is this guy doing here? Oh, there were <laughs> there were stuff like that. Really? But, oh, yeah. So, like, that article you had blew backlash? up. Oh, yeah. So, that article blew up. And then it got, like, picked up by, like, all the big online, like, BuzzFeed and Huffington Post and all that. And then, like, by the end of the week, I was on Good Morning America. Like, it was wild from, like, a $600 gig. Like, I had only done it once. Like, it was like from like a six hundred dollar gig it'll be funny like, to have you talk i had this my uh she was opening for me ariel elias a comedian she oh did the i know podcast. yeah yeah she was opening for me that was the gig where she got the beer can thrown at her oh okay and and she blew up like just yeah, like yeah, yeah. to talk to people about like 
that week. Oh, it's nonsense. It, it's anyone I know who like said like a sudden like virality or pop of fame. Like, oh, it makes no sense because you also have no money. Like this is all happening. You're like a semi-famous person. Can't pay rent. Like it is, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is brutal. And um, yeah, did you like Good Morning America? And then the um, president of IMG Models like DM'd me. I'd started an Instagram like that week. And I was like, and what did they talk to you about on Good Morning America? Because you're you're an actor who booked a print job. Yeah, like that's what, all what it was. did they say? They're like, "Whoa, they, even bigger they, in person! They Hello, started, welcome!" They, they I'm sitting like, next to you now, and you're a big boy. Let's yeah. get another chair in here. I like. <laughs> what do you talk about? Here. They started making stuff up, and they're like, "I understand that you got the confidence to model from your wife." And I was like, "What?" And then my head. <laughs> that's an amazing fact to make that, up. They, they just <laughs> they just said that, and I was so like. Like like media savvy even at that time because I had dreamed about being a half famous person my whole life. So I like knew exactly what I was going to. Sure, sure. And I just rolled into the bullshit. You were yes like, and like, oh yes of course yeah exactly. I was just like improving and I was like I'm like yes she's an amazing woman and she sat me down and she was just like I don't understand you don't know the power you have to help people and I just started making oh shit my up. God, because she was just saying I mean it was this was and she just got fired for um uh, uh having an affair with her uh, coworker. That was that one. Oh. Amy Robach was the one who the interviewed. blonde woman. She was the one who. Well, she I, fired her. He he's on leave. I think She's back. They were both on leave. He's back. I think it's messy. I think you it's, didn't follow any of this. No. Oh, oh, it's, an, were, it's an amazing affair between so anchors on a TV show. That's wow. so great. Yeah, the two, like two of the Good Morning America anchors were having an affair. Anyway, cool. Um, she was very kind. Great to me, TV, with the exception of just totally making things up. She was very very nice. Um, and that kind of so after Good Morning America, IMG called. I signed to IMG. They made a big announcement of me. A thousand more articles came out because WWD made an announcement, and then Vogue made an announcement, and then I was in Cosmopolitan, never getting paid. I have no money throughout all this is happening, and I'm like going to fancy parties and meeting like Tyson Beckford and like all these people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, GQ, uh, GQ Britain, not GQ, GQ did like a nice little online write-up of me and then gq britain came out with a hit piece on me on like how it was disgusting and like destroying like like masculinity and how it was an affront to and all you've done so be. far is the the target i had not done anything else other than e-commerce for target wow this whole, all this is happening i'm being and i'm like this is and they and i remember every article they're like he landed a target campaign i'm like not a campaign not again like two days worth of shooting i wore like 80 different t-shirts the first day the wrong size came so they had to cut them all up the back and like pin them in place oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was like horrific like and it just and luckily and i i had a manager at img josh stevens who i'm still with he's amazing and we basically were like, we're just going to ride this out. Someone has to start paying us eventually to do stuff. Yeah, totally. And luckily, when you read that GQ piece, did you feel angry or were you just like, this is insane? It was Whoever more wrote like this is an insane person. It was crazy. more like because he got so much backlash for it. It was kind of oh, just like, yeah. what was your angle here? Like, what were you trying to do? Especially after the GQ US, like the main GQ had already like written something nice about me. Yeah. This guy comes out of yeah. nowhere to just like, and it was, you know, it's for, it's, it's clickbait. He's just trying to sure. make something sure. happen. And again, to, to go back to an original point, like you're not, it's not like they put a 900 pound person in the target. I weigh, yeah. no, you're exactly. A, I'm, 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 I'm a, a big you're guy. You're a traditionally like, good looking yeah. man. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm definitely, the way I always tell, there were some people I would do articles and they'd be like kind of confused. They're like, I would never call you fat or plus size. And I'd you be are, like, and you're, you're tall. I'm you're six foot six, six and six. from like 
from a fashion perspective though, that's what I always always tell people. I'm like, I am about 125 pounds more than the average guy. Sure. I am so gargantuanly larger than a traditional male model. And that is why it all works. Also like, I mean, in the world that we live in, like there are stores that we just can't, I mean, I, oh, I've never worn anything at Uniqlo. Never once. I Their pants, they're, are, they're you, very we stretchy. We also tall, you too. I mean, stri- tall is a struggle. I have the tall struggle. So and you're sure. tall struggle is bad. Uniqlo, uh, for a little while, high waters were very popular, where like you, they didn't have to be sure, long sure, enough sure. to cover yeah, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I still I, I started going to Uniqlo for a minute just because they were the first ones that I found stretch denim from, so I could get oh. like a 38, and it would stretch out to like yeah. 36. I could never wear a shirt from there. No, I couldn't. I never had a shirt. The number of shirts that I own that are a little bit too short and then, like, I try to hold on to these shirts. But mm. I, put, I wash them once, and they're, then they become too short, and it makes me insane. I've been, I've been, I've been going <laughs> through, crazy. we've been going through, like, the closet, and I've just been, like, letting, I've been, like, Marie condoing everything, being mm. like, you haven't worn this for four years because it didn't fit when you bought it, and you just really hope, like, there's that whole idea of, like, holding on to things in your closet, especially as a bigger I'm gonna person, because you're going to lose weight. Yeah. That's another thing. As a big mm. person, your whole life, you're like, I'm going to lose weight. Yes. I'm going to be smaller one day, and that day's going to be great. Oh. And then... And and all of your happiness and all of your confidence and hopes and dreams are for that time you're going to be smaller. And I think a lot of people, especially like I went through a big like I gained weight, I lost weight, and yeah. I, you notice the difference. So you're like you tie anything good to the weight loss. And really, it took me years to be like, no, I could still f- surprisingly be happy when I do get bigger. But it's really yeah. just like finding a comfortability in yourself. Like if I get, I know that. I was getting to the point where I did gain even more weight. Like in the middle, there's some stuff in like the middle of my modeling career where I really was like, I'm a plus size model. Nothing matters. I can, I can just, <laughs> and I gained a ton of weight and I like would see it in shoots. And like, it just, even for me, I'm like, I don't feel comfortable looking at that. Mm-hmm. Um, if imagine they upgrade, they, they're like, he's now the first plus plus size exactly. model. <laughs> exactly. Like that's they how you find it. out that you become braver. Exactly. That the more oh. you eat, the braver you are for continuing to do this. And that's yeah. something actually like the fat acceptance community is trying to like tamp down on. They're like, people aren't brave for doing things while being fat. It's but it's, like it's so thing. tricky. Cause like, you know, uh, uh, Lizzo, there's a certain degree where, like, yeah. to be successful and mm-hmm. and uh, heavier or fat, it, it, like, you it automatically you're totally now part of you. the, your part. But, like, Lizzo recently, and she handles herself so well given the amount, but, like, she lost some weight. Yeah. And then someone, like, you know, tweeted, like, good to see Lizzo losing some weight. And she might want to lose some weight on her own, but then it's like, now you're going against the thing. And then she, you know, she quote tweeted the person complimenting her, like, this made me order some... Uh, Taco Bell, you it know, kind of like so a shut the fuck complicated. up. Adele yeah. lost all this it's weight, and people were like, "Stop saying." When he's when you said that you lost the weight, you know, you said yeah. to him, "Great or good?" Exactly. No, because I know because that's what you, you wanted know, to do. That's what I wanted thing. to do, and that's yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, with yeah. the body positivity is it is always if it is for yourself, that's all that matters. I if I decide one day I'm like I'm gonna stop eating carbs for the rest of my life. I'm gonna eat a thousand calories a day. Don't do that. That is that is an eating disorder. Don't do that. Yeah. But if I decided that's what I wanted and I wanted to look like Mr. Olympia and that's just what I went for, there I'd have so many people come out of the woodwork and just be like, You've betrayed us. Mm. And I'm like, But this is my my body, it's not yours. I literally like that's the whole thing of body positivity is like you can do whatever you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You could gain weight, you could lose weight, you can get muscular, you can lose muscular, you can do anything you want. It's your body. And it's and it's trying to take a stigma 
off of that. And I, so it's really just about learning to be comfortable with yourself. And it's, it's, it's a constant struggle. Do you still fantasize? Do you still have that fantasy of being thinner? Oh yeah. I, 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 in my head, I was like, you weren't on, there were so many shows I auditioned for that. I like, Mm. like, I auditioned for ballers. I auditioned for like so many like big premium TV shows that I didn't get that. I'm like, man, if I had a six pack, I would have fucking booked the fuck out of that role because I was like right for it for everything else. So I think there's always, there's always going to be like, is this holding me back? Every casting director in New York told me when I started, like when I left school and started like booking things, they're like, you need to either gain 50 pounds or, or lose, lose 50 it. pounds. That's the only way you're going to work. That yeah. happened to me, too. Yes. They, they really said that to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You're kind of in the middle. Like, yep. what's going on? You have to you're, be f- I wasn't- you're tall, but like, like I went in for, um, I used to go in for all the Josh Gad things. Yeah, so yeah. I was, I went in for Spelling Bee and then mm-hmm. I went in for Mormon and they were just like, they basically were like, you're not fat enough. Yeah. Is that what motivated you? What what was your what was your decision to I think? Well, I, that's a I, lot of weight you lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also learned how to, like, I got out of college and I had, I didn't know how to eat without yeah. my mom being around. So I was eating Wendy's every day. I was eating uh, just like crap all. Yeah. And so it took me a long time to lose all that weight because I was learning how to cook for myself and be a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it just kind of it happened for me slowly, and. You know, talk about your mother. People, people started coming up to me. Women started coming coming up to me on the subway and being like, "What nationality are you?" And like that never happened to me. Yeah, (laughs) never happened to me when I was fat. uh, When I was you know bigger. Yeah, and 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 it was a very eye opening thing Mm -hmm. to see how the whole world started looking at me differently because I was a little bit thinner. There, there. I think it's because they there's a thing with being big and being fat that the general population it's like we've been raised to believe that you have control over it hmm. and you do to a certain extent but yeah. not really to others i mean yeah. i had a buddy in acting school who i'd watch house like 15 cheeseburgers at a time 13 large pies ripped six-pack beautiful scottish man his name is rory he's a great guy but yeah. i would just watch him just eat insane things and I would be getting like a salad with a little falafel on the side yeah. and I was triple his size and I could not understand it. Like, I mean, it's the genetics has a lot to play. Yeah. It is not the be all end all. And I, I still, I, in my comments, they're like, well, you could just start shredding and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, if you just, and it's always like, especially like they're in online, there's a big like bodybuilding culture right now, especially oh, on like TikTok it's and all terrible. that stuff. It's terrible. And they're like, you just need to eat a caloric deficit. And you're like, I need to starve. You're just telling me to not eat. Like, this is what we've been telling fat people from the moment they were born. They're like, you know, if you eat less. And I was like, I spent years not eating and taking diet They'll be like, like, you know what you should do? Just don't eat for 24 hours. And then run yeah. take a cold shower yeah. you'll feel the best you've ever felt it's like it's like telling like a blind person like you should see i know it's, <laughs> it's kind of like to see. it's like it's crazy you talked about your buddy earlier who had like a fuller chest like like there yeah. are me like i see guys who are much larger than me like i have i'm a i'm a fuller chested gentleman i will have man boobs until the day i die it's just part of my genetics it's how it works I don't. I didn't like it for a long time. I'm learning to accept it in my own way. But even now, yeah. I have friends who have like 
much larger man boobs than me. And you're just like, this is not, no matter how much weight you lose, this isn't going away. Yeah. This is a surgical repair. Yeah. If it is something you wanted to change. And we just like yell at people to do that. They're like, you need to change how you look so I'm comfortable looking at you because I'm scared I'm going to be you and I don't want to be reminded of me being scared of being you. So yeah. please fix that. Well, that's what this, you know, I've obviously, I witnessed the way men contribute to the body shaming culture. And I yeah. know women, it's its own thing. Oh, yeah. But oh, I've seen the way boy. the men, oh, I mean, it's its shocking, like the Jordan Petersons of the world, yes. where, you know, Sports Illustrated put a, put a plus-size model on the cover, and Jordan was like, I refuse to say that this is beautiful. This is not beautiful. What and my, my dad, idiot. my father, and again, like, I can't blame him because, like, I see how, how frail and... and deeply insecure is yeah but we would watch uh so you think you can dance and there was like the woman judge and that was like was was bigger yeah and my dad like would always make a comment and yeah. I, i'd be like there's a deep feeling of like you don't have to fuck her what are you talking and it's like the guys who comment on lizzo i always i always want to be like you know she, she would never fuck you because you're poor mm, so why yeah. are you like like yeah uh, I, I i just it's i don't understand I, I think as humans, we have a, an, an innate need to place ourselves somewhere in the hierarchy. And as long as Definitely. we're above a do, another person, it's like our standing makes ourselves feel a little more comfortable. And like the amount of people, like friends I've had were like, at least I'm not fat. And you're just like, I've been fat my whole life. It's not the worst. Like yeah. I struggled with it, but most of my struggles were because of outside forces that like now has, like my daughter's generation, they're not going to have as deep of a problem as I did. I don't, I didn't have as deep of a problem with body image as my parents' generation. Like it's getting better. It's getting more accepting. It's getting like, Hey, don't say that. Like from not just being like, Hey, it's mean to make fun of someone's size or appearance to like now with me, I'm like, it's just lazy. It is so easy to make fun sure. of things for people. Like sure. that is the lamest thing to go to. Yeah. Marco, what do you think about your body? What do you like when you look in the mirror, because sometimes I feel like Which you is act something like I'm you're afraid to be fat. Like sometimes the way you order, the way you eat, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you are you are into health food. I, I liked I liked I like the way I I look right now. I feel good about my body. Oh yeah, and I like I would wanna I would. There's always part of me where I see men, like you know uh, who's like a man that's like. Just cut a little more cut, like and, I, and I go worth or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's more than I would that's need. That's extreme, yeah. But I see it, and I'm just like, ooh, I want to like have that. Mm. I want to have that. Yeah. Uh, and I when I when I eat too much, or if I have two days where I don't work out, I mean, I work out pretty consistently. Mm -hmm. We're like, I feel it. It's the same pro areas where I felt as a kid, and it's yeah. like here, mm -hmm. and it's here, and I don't like the way it feels, and it's tough to shake off sometimes. So oh, yeah. So it's it. I I don't feel like it's anything too bad like when we went to we went to brunch yesterday i'm like this is a big this is a fun meal i'm gonna eat whatever the fuck we order yeah, 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 and yeah, i yeah, feel totally. good that i have that balance mm. but i remember we were going back from toronto our sketch team do you yeah. remember this and I, we stopped by a wendy's uh-huh and and everyone Did was going to get wendy's Did and i, I was yeah and i was like i was like oh i'm not i'm i'm just not gonna have <laughs> anything and Alex goes Get the fucking Wendy's. I was so mad. Get, I, that's a problem something. I have. That's no, a problem but, I have. That's but, a problem I have. But I will say back, yeah. 
I'm glad I got the Wendy's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. glad that I, I just, in general, I became, I ate like shit in high school yeah. mm. and I just became a no fast food. I'm just saying, like, that's a hard red that's line. That's not a bad thing to do. There's no, uh, like, a physical or even really emotional advantage to eating fast food. It's just, it, like, I know in my head, it's like nostalgic. There's yes. But I love, too. like, yes. when I, if I have a big, if I have a big accomplishment once every five years, I will go get McDonald's. Yeah. I want to be stoned for it too. I want to really enjoy sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. But part of me is like, I'm glad that I fucking ate Wendy's with yes. my friends. Yeah. But and I, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. But I do have that issue. Where like if if we're going to a place and somebody gets like the health healthy thing, in my head I'm like, fuck you. I thought there was a pact here. When, when I when, I thought there was a pact that you and I were gonna fucking not think mm -hmm. about our health for one second. Because with, if you he starts thinking about his health, that means I have to fucking yeah. think about my health. Because I should be thinking about my health in comparison. <laughs> and so it's a bad quality when that I'm trying to When me and my wife fix. started dating, I would give, like, that was a thing that was hard. We'd go out to dinner, like, nice, cool places, and she'd order a salad almost every time. And yeah. I'd be like, this isn't fun for me. I'm like, <laughs> and, like, I would be like, well, what do you want as an appetizer? And she's like, oh. like And, like, she had never ordered, like, she was like, I so rarely an appetizer or a dessert was, like, never ordered at a restaurant. Meanwhile, I'm just like, I mean... <laughs> This is why I'm in a restaurant, so I can have like mozzarella sticks Appies or something. Like some sort of an appetizer. Yeah. Like dessert, not every time, sure, but like I'd always get it. Like to this day, if I'm go if I'm gonna spend the time to go to a restaurant, I'm like, I'm getting an appetizer. I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna experience being at a restaurant. Yeah. And I yeah, and I've gotten better at, at that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. good. Yeah, I I I'll try to change for better for me. I won't I won't guilt you. No, but I was glad. But I look back and I, I don't know. I, I like that in friendships. I like someone yeah. who goes like, fucking do. Like, I okay. like that. For me, yeah. that yeah, is yeah, a yeah. form of love. I think for Chris, it got it got old. We used, Chris and I, we, we used to hang out a lot more. Chris is another person in our uh -huh. sketch group. And for Chris and I, I think he at one point was like, no one comments about what I'm eating more than you do, Douglas. <laughs> oh, and like, that's bad. That's not. Well, that's no, not, that's it's not because a, you grew up being bigger and people have commented on how you ate your whole life. Truly. I spent my entire, like, truly. God forbid I went for seconds at like Thanksgiving or like Easter or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, oh, I'm going for a second yeah. plate. I see you. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm my, like, fucking my 12-year-old brother just had seven plates, but because he weighs <laughs> 92 pounds, like no one gives a shit. Like, my mom would say, this is more a manners thing, I guess, but Every morning I'd have a delicious bagel, roast beef, avocado, oh, and like good. a, cra a crazy beef big in breakfast. the morning. Mm -hmm. Wow! And that I would take, I would like, serious. I would like my last bite to be big. I like my mouth to feel full, oh. to take time. And my, as I like would enjoy that last bite, mom would be like, "That was probably more than one bite." And I and I with food, I'd be like, "Mom, this is my last <laughs> bite. Can I enjoy it, please? Why would you? Why would you do this? Why? It's, she couldn't it, help herself. You have so much joy in eating. I used to do that to like I my, for me, to this day, my last bite has to be my best bite. It's not my biggest, yes. but I have to have, especially if I'm having a sandwich. I'll like eat around to be like, this one has all of the toppings. Like, and I'll just like pop that in at the end. I agree. I went through a phase. I ate ravioli a lot at my dad's house because he's a single dad. No, it I was it was Chef a little Boyardee. nicer, but it was but it was like big pieces. And I went yeah. through a phase where I was like, I can swallow six <laughs> raviolis without chewing. And I'd be like eating gigantic just, pasta meals in one minute, yeah. just swallowing. And I'm like, what am I proving? This is not a skill that's ever going to get me anywhere. Oh, no. um, all right, well, let's go on to our uh, our next segment. Uh, sorry, I fucked up with all the... 
uh, cues. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. Do you oh, have a, just a something? It's something that's got to stop. Big, I mean, small, personal. This wide. is a this is a huge um, departure from the rest of our conversation. But I was thinking about it on like the car ride over here, and um, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I'm mm. very big into audiobooks. Cool. And every time I mention reading a book, there's always someone in my life that's like, "You read that book? Did you not listen to it?" Oh. And it infuriates me because, because like, mind you, I've read hundreds and hundreds of, it's always a person who has not read a book in like five fucking years sure. that wants to judge you're like not reading it well enough but like i especially like someone like me like i grew up i even when i was reading as a kid i had audiobooks i had the books on tape and i had to read along as i listened to them i don't know if it was another thing about our generation is i feel like none of us were diagnosed with anything we should have been diagnosed uh-huh. so i don't know if i had adhd or dyslexia or what mm. i had I just fucking powered through school, like getting C's and not being able to do stuff. But I always loved stories and I always loved like reading, but I could not physically sit down and read a book. I would get lost. I would would reread the same line like 15 times. So I have to have like a person telling the story to me. I'm a great listener. And sure. I I like, and people would, there's some sort of like elitist gatekeeping and like, like weird book gatekeeping. Now you're a reader. Do you I like judge? To read. Do you feel any judgment? No. No, no, no. None? I'm 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 not good with the the I I have to read or else my mind goes elsewhere while I'm listening. Yeah, see, I'm like the opposite. I need like, I will go elsewhere when I'm reading it. Whereas if uh, what happens is if I start to drift, I'll hear like the voice keep going. I'm like, "Oh, it's not going to wait for me. I have to like fucking pay attention mm. and do this." And it's like there's this weird thing. It's not even just in audiobooks. It's like if you do a thing, but you don't do it correct enough. So I think yes. it's just gatekeeping in general that drives me. Yeah. Nuts. There's so much cool stuff happening with like nerdy shit becoming mainstream. Yeah. And there's so many people like, you don't know this enough. You're not doing. I saw people flip out about the latest like Rings of Power, like the latest Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. And if you shut your brain off, like to the whether it was correct to the lore or the intentions Tolkien had, it's a hundred twenty like billion dollar show. It's a good fucking show. Yeah. And people are so like, but it's not the correct good. It's not the yeah, good yeah, yeah. way it's supposed to be. It drives me insane. Nerd culture. Nerd culture. I hate it. I know. Uh, except I've been watching. I, I I was a big Dragon Ball Z fan. Yeah. And I like I was just too. I revisited like. Dragon Ball Super, like it came back. I didn't even know, but like, like, like a lot. Fifteen years later, and I, I watched and I'm all the episodes. At the manga, yeah. And I got to tell you, for the first time in my life, I feel I was never Star Wars people. But when people like complain, like you're ruining it. Yeah, I, I do have a feeling. Oh, and I wow. still like read it because it's like nostalgia for me. It's yeah, very yeah. enjoyable, and I, I feel like you, you ruined this franchise. Wow, the story is awful. You've ruined the characters. Uh-huh. People who see it from this, it's garbage. You're ruining it's Dragon garbage. Ball Z. It's garbage. Goku's a psychopath. Enough with the hair colors. Stop it. It's just, so many. He has oh, so many transformations so now. It's and it's and it is to be fair, awful. It's awful. Oh, it's fucking terrible. And everyone goes, "Well, this is we're, a, this, you were a like kid a when you season? saw that." Is it? And I'm like, "No, it's bad." <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's not that. I mean, I, uh, speaking directly to the Dragon Ball Z, it's not that it's bad. It's just the same. Th- everything is like now he's the most strongest person in the universe, and, and there's the nothing friend. else to do. Freeza, Freeza is, is a friend. And that's ally. like if Hitler came back and, and you said, unlike, "Well, now Hitler's a pal." 
Frieza's an unlikely ally. <laughs> he, he destroyed whole planets. So this many. So Billions of watch. people. So he massacred them. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But he massacred them. In the, in the, in the, in the storyline, he ally? is talking about their entire universe is about to be erased. So they have no choice. Yeah, yeah, Otherwise, numbers, the entire thing. It's become a thing about All numbers. All they do is they just keep going higher and higher because that's, that's the only arc of the show. I love it. It's like, see, for me, I always love it when things keep going like it like same i know star wars people get super precious about it but for me i just get excited that this thing that i was like nerdy about and like shamed of as a kid is now sure. considered cool mm. in any way shape or form that like i get super jazzed about that like i i if i ever if i ever like am respected as a writer if i ever write anything i would call it what i would call the super saiyan problem which is like the common anime problem whereas you make the character the way you solve one arc is the guy like levels up to the yeah. higher level oh yeah and then once you do that all your secondary characters become meaningless yep and and you and you bring them back randomly suddenly krillin's back in the world's strongest tournament i'm like krillin what are you doing here you haven't been strong for fucking 30 years get out in krillin's I defense know, right? he is technically is really the world's fun to strongest human in his defense because everyone else is a and saiyan i miss but it yeah. i miss it i it's miss so yamcha fun. i miss tian and they, they gear up for battle i'm like yamcha Yamcha, that what are you going to do here? I will Yamcha, say, you suck. when Yamcha showed up, it was just like, you are the one character known for getting slapped around the second. You are the character. You are the person who dies to let us know that the story is real now. And he says, like, he's like, I've been training real hard. You're like, <laughs> Yamcha, you're not making it past the first level of Especially bad guys. Especially because they're like super, super. We all know this, Yamcha. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that it's arc, like, by the way, that, that entire arc takes place supposedly, like in the manga and in the show, in 42 minutes. This this fucking hours upon hours of episodes and like volumes of books is supposed to take place in like a forty two minute mm. tournament and that's it. I think I speak for all your listeners right now when <laughs> I, I say huh? I way it's what really, the fuck are you guys talking it's, about? It's really hard because I don't have you're a just fan going, base you're like, this is the worst anime related. There's no way. I, I, it's a part of my life. I bet you there's one person yeah. right now who's like, fuck, I love this. Do I think everyone anime. appreciates the fact that it's just like, this is the thing that mattered to me. And I understand like, yeah. feeling like the thing that mattered to you and like the thing that got you through is getting ruined in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe What's I'm interesting like, to me is, uh, may I ask, how old are you? 33. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, okay. You guys are the same age, kind yeah, of, right? Yeah, 34. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, 34. Yeah. I thought I thought you were a little bit older, so I was like, wow, you were older. But this is Dragon Ball Z. I mean, oh, this, was, this, this was before my time. Yeah, yeah. This is before we, my time. Do you remember how many episodes it took to build that or spirit bomb? After my like that spirit bomb was like... episodes of him just like charging this wow. thing. Wow. What it channel didn't, was this on? They, it was a Toonami. Yeah. And this is the explosion of, of Toonami yeah. uh, Cartoon Network. Yeah. yeah. This yeah, is, yeah and yeah. there's a big debate in the community whether you watch it in English dubbed or you read the subtitles. Oh. Which, was, which wasn't even an option when we were kids. It was like, no, you had to just watch no, but the dub. I got it from eBay. I went on eBay and I got bootlegs of Dragon Ball before it came into a America and uh -huh. Dragon Ball GT and it was so it, it was uh, subtitles but they cursed yes. and they had like nudity and blood. Oh, wow. there was and a I lot of a, nudity in the original and yeah. I a lot of Balma and uh, I, I had a piece of paper I was so into them cursing and it, it, a piece of paper said like fuck shit bitch mm. and I would tally how many times they said fuck because wow. it was so cool I was at I was at you know but I also but also like, seeing seeing so curses fun. on TV was so weird I remember with a seat with a uh a commercial for that 70s show where they said bitch in the commercial, not in the show. Wow. And I was like, we've leveled up as a society. Yeah. Like, this is like able to pass now. Wow. Um, 
Okay. Well, listen. If you're if you're a fan of Dragon Ball Super, please please write me so I know. Let's, let's <laughs> absolutely you let's, should. This yeah, will yeah, be a yeah, spinoff yeah. podcast. Yeah, I, yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. I guess gatekeeping in general. We'll yeah, let's yeah. go to our yeah, final yeah. segment. You better count your blessings. I like that. That was really. Was that you again? That's me. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. so lovely. Oh, thanks. Thanks. My little bit of keyboard there. Uh, do you have a blessing? Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm going to say uh, Asian grocery stores. I've been really... <sighs> Toby just went shopping one yesterday. Yeah, God wonderful. damn. It's so great. And I'm so gra- glad that I live in New York City mm-hmm. and that I live a block away from a, a great Asian grocery store. They're super nice. They're super helpful. And I'm like trying to get into... I, I um, You know uh, Kenji, uh, Kenji Lopez-Alt? He's a he's a food blogger. Okay. Um, oh, on YouTube, I he's like he's a clerk at my. Yeah, I was not sure where we were going. No, he's a food blogger. He's he's like a food um, YouTuber. Okay. And he's incredible. He wrote a book. It's called The Walk. He's written a couple books. Yeah. And I'm trying to get into like doing stir fry and stuff because it's like such it's so amazing. Food mm-hmm. culture is amazing in China and everywhere. And so I've been going to these stores and they're just great, amazing, Chinese um, grocery stores. Asian, um, Asian grocery stores. Those are good. Yeah. Uh, I'll say my blessing, uh, similar to, it's uh, related, we're at uh, Tova, we, we got back from Cancun, and uh, she's been just cooking up a storm. Mm, that's and, nice. And, uh, you know, if if I were to think about what I'd be what I'd be eating if it was just me, I mean, it's it's a different life. It's the life of a king. Oh, it's a pauper. It's, uh, it's astounding. And she's, I'm very appreciative of these meals thank you as Tova. you should you be. Go, Tova. as i should be as i should be mine is mine, mine would be similar I, i'm the cook in my house um mm. my my wife does when we first met she um only cooked out of a book called uh, you are what you eat which was that show where the british lady would lay out all the food that someone ate in a week and uh-huh. like and would like take a stool sample from them do you guys know this show no. no it is horrific like it is it was like peak mid-2000s like just crazy reality show this british lady would be like okay this is what you like you should go to like a heavy person and be like this is what you eat in a week and it would be like a folding table of just like a sea of beige foods and she's like this is why you're having issues and this is why your stool is so loose anyway that was the only cookbook she would cook out of so the food was horrific like she made me a navy bean loaf once Wow. And um, navy beans. Yeah, I don't even know what that was. It was <laughs> it was the grossest thing. One time she was supposed to make me veggie burgers, but it was like this weird soy cookie with like leeks in it. It was horrific. And so quickly in our relationship, I became the cook. Um, but I can't always cook all the time. You know, I travel a lot for work, so I'm very grateful for uh, Trader Joe's pre-made meals because they are so good. Mm. And they are so simple. And a Trader Joe's in general, especially now that I live in the suburbs, going to a Trader Joe's that you don't have to fight your way through, like the ones, like especially the ones like over here on like 14th Street and whatnot, you just go in and as soon as you walk in, there's a guy standing there with a sign be like, this is the end of the line. Just get in. And yeah. we're just going to ride the line and pick yeah, your yeah, stuff yeah, as yeah, you go. Yeah, pick your stuff as you go. It's awful. So, uh, yeah, easy grocery stores and pre-made meals. I'm very, very blessed with to have. Fantastic. Do you have any, uh, where, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on um, the social medias of uh, all of them. I, not all of them, but a lot of them. At Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O. Um, if I'm doing anything interesting, that's where it will be. Apparently, social media matters a lot. So if you, if you follow me, I it guess sure does. that's very important. Uh, uh, yes, uh, this is coming out. Uh, anything you want to plug, Douglas? I was just trying yeah, to pull up the well, date. Yeah, you can follow me uh, at 
the Douglas G nice. on TikTok and Instagram to see some funny videos. Um, also, I will be playing Robbie Hart in Hell The yeah. Wedding Singer at the Gateway Playhouse in Bellport, Long Island. We open January 26th through February 26th. Come out and see it and, and say hi afterwards. Amazing. Um, musical theater, baby. I miss it. Uh, it's very exciting. I oh, tried to do musical theater. That's what I came to, to New York for, and then I couldn't, oh, really? dan- couldn't dance. And, mm. then I just, and Les Mis closed, so there was nothing left for me. I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's um, so funny. For me, uh, the biggest thing, guys, is I have uh, the silver lining. This is my... We're doing it more than once a month now, but it's it's where you can see me do like an hour of uh, some old stuff, some newer, working it out stuff, and then I always bring up two uh, comics to mix it up. You get to see some some of my favorite. These are these are comics that I booked personally. They're fantastic. We have a show uh, January fifteenth, January 29th. Uh, these are both uh, at eight p.m. at Sesh Comedy Club. Tickets only ten dollars. Link in the description. Um, check it out. That's if you're in New York. That's the show you want to see. I got a bunch every month. Uh, uh, Tour-wise, I will be in Timonium, Maryland, which is near Baltimore, uh, at Magoobies, the 12th through the 14th. It sounds like you made that entire, that entire blood up. We, we did. We did a prank once with a guest <laughs> where we made up clubs to see if they could find oh out. Those uh, sound like Dragon Ball Z characters, actually. <laughs> I'll be at the Comedy Zone in Greensville, South Carolina, the 20th and the 21st. And uh, uh, then the biggest thing, Downside Live. Uh, me and Russell interviewing Aaliyah Janine January 15th at 10 p.m. at Sesh Comedy Club. You want to make it a double header? go to the Silver Lining at 8, then stay there. Come for the 10 p.m. live recording. And uh, uh, just remember, if uh, if you uh, listen to a book, it doesn't count. This is The Downside. Downside. <laughs> You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With John Marco Cerezi.